0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of The FFS Show, a spooky podcast about fact-checking and misinformation by the ghouls at the (laughs) ferrets.
1: How are you doing, Sam? Are you looking forward to Halloween? Hello, I'm so excited about Halloween. My favorite holiday of the year. Really? I'm brainstorming some um, costumes ideas. Right. Um, Any thoughts so far? I'm thinking something along the lines of like some kind of pun, some kind of wordplay based thing, mm-hmm. like a, yeah. like Pokemon Go, but go with like G O G H, and it's just me dressed like as Pikachu, go. yeah, missing an ear, <laughs> like, you know, like something yeah, like good. that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think wordplay costumes are usually the best. I think for
0: yeah, him. the ones where somebody's like and then they, you see somebody across the street who might get it and there's about one out one. In, you want a sort of like one in twenty recognition rate of your content yes script. and
1: you want to have to explain to the yeah, twenty exactly, people yeah. Like, yeah. Huh? the ear see get yeah. it get it go yeah. Pokemon go <laughs> so
0: in the, over the last couple of weeks last week we have been unveiling some very real horrors that's right that being the uh, that's how you do segways by the way sort of, <laughs> oh, wow um <laughs> Um, <laughs> in our "How Green Is Scotland" series, yeah, did you uh, enjoy it? Was were you shocked by the what was unveiled, Sam?
1: Here's what I like about the series, Ali. Mm. It was very depressing. <laughs> yeah, it was Check. very scary. Um, yep, all about how some things are not working, some targets are not being met. You know mm-hmm. how things could be better. What I do like about the series, though, is that it was it ran from Tuesday to Sunday last mm-hmm. week. And on Sunday, there was a kind of collective piece where we went and found 26 voices in we did. Uh, reference to COP26 of people who were actually working to make a difference. So, you know, the series wasn't just depressing stuff, which I think is very important. You know, like, we have to go and find all of that. And, and that that's what the fair is about, you know, it's about, like, bringing light <laughs> to these things. But there was also that thing at the end of, like, here are people who are working to make something better. And it was like, I don't know, just a really good package, like a really inspiring thing to end on, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It was really good. And uh, thanks everyone for their positive comments about it yeah. over the last few days. And uh, thanks to the Herald for putting it on. I thought it was a very sure. good collaboration and um, expect to see more collaborations like that in future. For sure. So this week, uh we have talking of how green is scotland we have an interview um with ferret journalist and environmental beat expert paul dobson he was talking through some of the facts behind his story which is about the targets that had been um missed and the targets that had been met by the scottish government with regard to climate change and emissions Um, we thought he was a perfect guest for this podcast because there's a lot of Claims being made by the Scottish government about how their targets are world leading and about how they're doing. But having dug into the specifics of the, some of the targets within different sectors, Paul found some quite interesting, and I think, damning results. And then after that, I believe Sam has something
1: special for me. I have a little spooky, spooky, spectacular surprise. <laughs> spooky, spectacular surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's something to look forward to. Yes.
0: So should we get into it then? Let's do it. So Paul for our uh, How Green is Scotland series which was uh, put out in the Herald and in the Ferret last week you were looking at Scotland's adherence to and its success against its climate change targets weren't you?
2: Yeah that's right so i um, looking at the breakdowns sector by sector of how Scotland is performing against its emissions reductions targets obviously emissions are what cause climate change mm-hmm. um, and the Scottish government has a number of quite ambitious targets on climate change, which they've championed a lot. So it was just looking at that before COP26. Is it fair that we've got a reputation or we proclaim to have a reputation as a global leader on climate change? Uh, So sort of headline targets in terms of that. So um, they want to be net zero by 2045, which is five years before the rest of the UK, and to reduce emissions by 75% by 2030. So within the next 10 years
0: you've been looking into sort of sexual targets haven't you um i'm wondering first how are those like sectoral targets laid out
2: yeah so essentially the scottish government produced a big far-reaching climate change plan in 2018 mm-hmm. which included a number of sectors and a number of things they're doing to decarbonize these sectors uh, so those sectors are agriculture transport waste management services the residential sector industry and electricity generation so there are seven of them although there is an eighth which we might come back to later but um essentially the way they do that is they will then lay out what they expect each sector to do each year to keep us on track with our wider climate targets
0: how is scotland doing with regard to those targets how how many are succeeding how many are failing
2: the latest data comes from 2019 so there's a two-year time lag on this right okay with the latest data five out of those seven sectors were behind target so they were behind schedule on their emissions reductions so those were residential services waste management industry and transport which was by far the furthest off track the only two which did meet their targets in 2019 were electricity generation uh, sorry yes electricity generation and agriculture
0: so these are from uh, 2019 these statistics every year there's a a new target like a, a reduction that needs to be in place f- to fulfill the target set by the scottish government
2: yeah so the scottish government sets an overall statutory target for a reduction every year so and mm. um, that doesn't include the sector figures aren't set or aren't statutory but yeah. there is an overall target that's statutory and we've missed that for the last three years or the last three years of data that we have and um, so yeah so that's the overall target
0: the one thing that jumps out to me there when we're talking about these targets and how poorly they're being uh, met is something that's not in there, which is uh, oil and gas. First of all, why is oil and gas not included in these targets?
2: Essentially, the UK government also produces a greenhouse gas inventory, which is for the entirety of the UK and what that is emitting. So essentially, Mm -hmm. because oil and gas revenues and oil and gas benefits the economy across the UK basically they decide not to allocate that to Scotland specifically although it is obviously in Scottish territory which is understandable yeah. so that's the main reason that that's not included in Scotland's emissions figures although if it was included so you know if we got to a future where there's an independent Scotland and we kept the oil and gas assets that would produce 12 million extra tons of CO2 each year uh, or at least at 2019 level. So that's another big part of Scotland's emissions that needs to be considered.
0: Yeah, because I think, I suppose, any conversation around Scotland's emissions sort of has to have that in it, even if, you know, as you say, it's not technically considered to be allocated to Scotland at the moment.
2: I mean... It's a difficult question. I think it's understandable that it doesn't because obviously the whole UK economy benefits from the oil and gas sector in the northeast of Scotland. So I think it's fair enough that that should be included across the UK's emissions. But if you're looking Mm -hmm. at a question of how green is Scotland, obviously it seems strange to exclude oil and gas in the North Sea from that question. So I think it is important to note the amount of emissions that come from extracting oil and gas in the North Sea. And the other thing to note is that The Scottish Scottish companies and Scottish industry talks a lot about how it can produce oil and gas cleaner than other countries around the world. But if you actually compare that to other countries like Norway and Denmark, who are um, actually exploiting the same oil on the North Sea continental shelf, we actually do it for higher emissions than they do. So I think that is important to take that into account, particularly because most of that operation is run from Aberdeen.
0: Yeah. And also I think some of the conversation around the production of oil and gas is quite misleading because it doesn't really take into account like its eventual use, if you see what I mean. like Once it's been shipped,
2: yeah, <laughs> that, then that, you know, more emissions with, are being created. Yeah, that's difficult around the world. I think you see Saudi Arabia setting its net zero targets yesterday, and it's much easier for Saudi Arabia to reach net zero than it is for China because Saudi Arabia can say it doesn't actually burn the oil and gas it's producing, yeah. whereas China does, so their emissions are harder to harder to get rid of than Saudi Arabia's so I think that's a similar situation for Scotland in terms of oil and gas is that we produce the oil and gas but we don't always benefit from what it's used for so that isn't included in our emissions
0: you mentioned there was another one which you didn't mention in those those figures that's uh land use land use change in forestry is that right
2: Yeah, so essentially that is part of the climate change plan. So it's a sector that was set out, which had targets in 2018. But since 2018, Mm. um, or in the 2019 data, the Scottish government has made a revision to that sector entirely. So it used to be considered what what we would call a carbon sink, which means that it would take carbon out of the atmosphere and essentially have a negative impact on Scotland's emissions. But basically, because of the condition of our peatlands, which are really important for absorbing carbon, it's now a carbon emitter. So essentially, depending on the condition of peatlands, if they're in good condition, they will take in carbon from the atmosphere. If they're degraded yeah. due to uh, you know, burning, things like that, then essentially they become an emitter. So it can swing both ways. And there's right. now been a revision, which means that Scotland's peatland and Scotland's land is now considered a net emitter of carbons rather than, Rather than a sink, so that's quite an important change. It means we can't compare it to its twenty eighteen target, but obviously it's pretty significant overall.
0: We've talked about the sectors which are not doing well. So, agriculture and electricity have reduced their emissions up to twenty nineteen. What are these sectors doing in order to pass that the other sectors aren't?
2: Well, the interesting thing about that is that agriculture actually hasn't reduced its emissions. It was just that it's in the climate change plan. It was given a target. Which was essentially that it didn't increase its emissions so agricultural right. emissions have actually stayed the same since 2015 and um, so they've been around 7.5 million tons so although it's within its emissions target there's not really been any progress on agriculture so it's, it's difficult mm. to answer that question for agriculture and it, it is obviously enough. a difficult sector to decarbonize and um, for a number of reasons but uh, in terms of electricity generation i suppose there's been a long-term um quite far reaching amount of investment both from the Scottish Government in terms of time and money and the UK government as well, in fairness, into, you know, getting wind power in particular set up in Scotland. And I suppose that transition to renewable energy, which Scotland has done very well, um has sort of facilitated that change.
0: So these statistics are from, as you mentioned, the climate change plan. Um my understanding is that there's been an update to that plan um does that have any impact on these figures or are these figures just being written off and then new figures being put in their place what's the situation with the new plan
2: so the new plan has new targets for um 2020 onwards Uh, sorry 2021 onwards Uh, because it was produced at the end of 2020 essentially it includes what the scottish government say are another 100 policies to, to reduce our emissions um so yeah, so there are new targets being set for each sector, so to take into account, for example, the land use issue. Um yeah, yeah so essentially that has added to the climate change plan we already had. Yeah. the structure of it is similar. One of the big sort of criticisms of it and it's particularly pertinent at the moment, is the main way it sort of set out how it's going to combat the fact that a lot of sectors aren't decarbonizing fast enough is through the use of carbon capture and storage which is controversial which is very controversial um and also i think the recent developments so particularly the acorn project up in aberdeen so that missed out on funding for priority funding from the uk government last week and was a huge part of the updated plan on how they were actually going to increased progress on emissions reductions. So um I think the plan was to do twenty-five percent of our emissions reductions would be done by carbon capture and storage effectively. Now, if you look at that plan, that was based on the assumption that the Acorn project would begin operations in twenty twenty five, which was also premised on the assumption that the Acorn project would get funding from the UK government to do that. So I think that that is a big question that's come out of the new updated plan, which has only emerged really since last week, is what is the impact of not getting that funding on Scotland's climate emissions targets? Because it really does set us back a wee bit. Um, Obviously, as you said, carbon capture and storage is controversial anyway. And one of the reasons it is controversial is because it needs a lot of funding. And also, there's a lot of concerns it won't be scaled up in time to actually have a meaningful impact. So... I think that'll be a big question now going ahead for the Scottish Government as to how it compensates for that.
1: So, that was your chat with Paul. Very mm. interesting chat, very interesting guy. I really, yeah, good conversation there.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he. He knows he knows the subject inside out, and I think it's really interesting to sort of drill down into these things because sometimes the figures that get talked about are like very headline, and they're the ones that the Scottish government maybe wants to talk about. But it's maybe more interesting to talk about the less sexy but more like potentially really
1: important ones. Yeah, in talking about less sexy, let's get into my game. (laughs) This is my seg segway like game. (laughs) You can rate them. Who had the best segue in this podcast? (laughs) Talking about less sexy. Here's a game for you, Alan. Yeah. Um, we are approaching Halloween, of course, um, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fun. We, we previously played a game about the music charts in the 90s on our Right side <laughs> Thread episode. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it would be fun to do another little game like that of the intersection of scary movies and misinformation. Oh, wow. Okay. This is going to be good or be terrible for me. So <laughs> I actually I'm very curious about how you're going to do with this. Um, I have a list of movies here. Mm-hmm. some of them have claimed either in like the tagline of the movie or at the the opening oh, titles or the closing yeah. titles to be based on a real story. Could Right. Okay. Right. Now I'm not asking you whether they were based on a real story. No, we're My not checking whether or not they were. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. My question is, does this movie claim to be based on a real story or does it not claim to be based on a real story? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Starting with the strangers. Movie with Liv Tyler did it claim to be based on a real story? I have seen it. Uh huh. Um, it's a kind of home break-in, yeah. like scary slasher movie. It has a very sort of what I
0: would say like a down-to-earth premise in terms of yeah. like home invasion. That's obviously a classic. I'm going to say that it's that's a slight trick question, mm. and it's not. They did not say it's based. They on a true did not story. claim.
1: Okay, no. Next one is the classic John Carpenter Halloween. Oh uh, lovely. Did it claim to <sighs> be based on a real story?
0: I'm gonna go I'm gonna, I'm gonna utilize some logic here. Okay.
1: <laughs> right. That's the first for the podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: And think that I think that the being based on a true story thing mm-hmm. has become slightly like hack and like not as interesting uh right premise for a film i can think of some quite recent ones that say they're based on true story but it's less of a thing that's used now because i think people are more aware of how these things work right right. so i'm going to say that they did say that was based on true story even though it
1: has quite a ridiculous plot in some regards now to a more modern movie then we can test your theory Mm uh the conjuring it do they claim to be based on a real story see i haven't seen that film but i do You're aware of it. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to say that, yes. I'm going to break my theory (laughs) after one. They do think (laughs) that's a true story.
1: It's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, exactly. Now, also in The Conjuring family, how about Annabelle? The scary doll movie. No. They don't claim to be based on a real story. No. Okay, next up, one of my favorite movies from the last few years, Hereditary. Does her Hereditary oh, yeah. claim to be based on a real story? Horrible. True story. They claim to be based on a true story. Yeah. Okay. To, I, just, <laughs> I can feel this score. I can, I can see the anxiety on your face. Um, now to another classic, Blair Witch Project. Does Blair Witch Project claim to be based on a real story?
0: Right. Well, Blair Witch Project, as far as I'm aware... Originally, it's, its original marketing was it was they sort of claimed like it was actually found footage, mm. and it's the start of the found found kind of like one of the early found footage like that yes. you know uh, paranormal activity and all the things that came. Yeah. Um, did they say it was based on a true story or did they sort of market it a little bit like they found it, like the, that might be a technicality one. Yeah. I know the second one was it was done more traditionally and wasn't. Right. uh
1: okay i'll give you i'll give you the hint that i did not make that distinction okay well movies. i'll say i'll say yes that then they said that it's sort okay. of based on a true story yeah cool um next up the amityville horror
0: i think that's that's based on a famous story so i'm going to say that that's yes
1: mm-hmm. um the ring
0: well original, the original, japanese. The original, original japanese yeah i can't see how they could say that was based on a true story <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I can't understand how the,
1: the storyline of that works. Like <laughs> I don't know, like, Ellie playing this game is like, but ghosts are not real. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that did happen. Yeah. No, I, what I'm saying is, I think that you, there's certain things that
0: you can claim. You know, like an old, an old uh, haunted house or whatever. But yes.
1: so you're saying it didn't play well? No, I'm saying that's not. that no, wasn't they didn't say It's just Sorry. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Great film. One of my favorite horror films. Yeah. True story. Client no, not true story. story. Not true story. Change okay. your mind. Not true Didn't story. Claim. Okay. Didn't claim. <laughs> okay, next up, another classic, The Shining. Was The Shining... Did The Shining claim to be based on a real story? Wasn't well, it... It's a book, isn't it? So it is not it So, I book. would say, surely not. Now, final one, The Exorcist. Um... Was the Exorcist? Did, did they claim that it was based on a real story? Mm. Good. That's a good
0: one. I'm going to say they they did claim it's based on a real story. I think.
1: <laughs> are you ready to hear your score? What What are you hoping here? What What kind of out of, out of ten? Out of ten? That, out of 10 I, I would. I would be. I would ha- be happy with four. Okay. <laughs> You have gotten six right, Ugh, six correct ones. That's yeah, that's not too bad. So here are the movies that did claim to be based on a real story. Yeah, The Strangers, The right. Conjuring, Yeah, Annabelle, Blair Witch Project. That
0: was a bad mistake, Annabelle Conjuring mistake. Thinking about it,
1: yeah, they, it's weird though because yeah. they it's so loosely based on a real story, you yeah, know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But they do claim it. Um, Blair Witch Project, Emilyville Horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on a real story, claimed to be based on a real story, and The Exorcist which yeah. was a book, but the book claimed to be based on a real story. Now you got six. I was expecting you to do more poorly at this game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all for podcast 18 of the FFS show. A special spooky episode where
1: I was humiliated in another quiz. Thanks very much, Sam. (laughs) You're welcome. This podcast was based on a true story.
0: Thanks again to Paul for speaking about his How Green is Scotland uh, research. And we have a lot more Green
1: Scotland related content coming up in the coming weeks. Yeah, exciting few weeks, actually, because you can keep following some of our Coverage of that, of, you know, in the usual ferret way, like finding mm. some really interesting stories in the middle of all the COP26 stuff. Also, this, if you're listening to this on the week that it came out, this Saturday, the 30th of October, we have our Ferret AGM um, that you can join online. It'll be a live stream AGM. And we are going to have a, a couple of panels. We're going to have a panel with Rob Edwards, who's one of the Ferret reporters, talking to campaigners who are going to be involved in COP26, uh, specifically about, you know, what to expect, what are they hoping to mm-hmm. see during COP and and how we have reported on COP and all of that stuff. We're also gonna have a panel with Ali Bryan himself uh, and Karen Goodwin, talking about how the Ferret does the kind of series and like packages that, that we do, like how green is Scotland, like who runs Scotland. So it's just, if you're interested in the Ferret, if you're interested in journalism, it's going to be a really interesting event to come along to and be part yeah. of. Uh, and if you're a member of the Ferret, you can come for free. You can tune into the live stream for free. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can fact check at
0: theferret.scot for any uh, email queries, uh, any fact check, things you want us to fact check. Go to at Ferret Scott on Twitter. Yep. Uh, search for us, the Ferret on Facebook. And on Instagram, uh, I believe... Uh- the ferret dot Scott. Yes! yes, yes. I'm getting,
1: getting them all right today, man. This is that ball. was
0: better than the quiz. That was a bigger success <laughs> for me. <laughs>